Hello, and welcome to Pastor George's Bible Study. Yes, so, um, there's, there's been a scripture that challenged me as I was reflecting and praying for my own life. Um, and I was really challenged, right? And I just felt it would be good to share it with us as well. Uh, we keep praying for ourselves and um, keep asking God for more and more of Him. Um, it's, it's still related to what we've been discussing. You know, if you remember last week, we were talking about the anointing and what constitutes the anointing oil. We saw in the book of um, Exodus the necessary constituents that make up the holy anointing oil of God. That's how the Bible calls it. Holy anointing oil of God. We, they talked about the, the, the rich spices and the amount of spices that you need to add and constitute to, to make the anointing oil. And we mentioned that anything that God is going to use, anything that, any, any instrument God is going to use, um, any instrument or vessel. Can't find my pen. <laughs> any instrument God is going to use or um, anybody the Lord is going to use needs to be set apart, anointed by God, set apart for his only use. And, you know, I was reflecting on my heart, in my heart, how can I, how can I be part of this all the time that I do not slip out and become an ordinary vessel? The Bible talks about, um, in Second Timothy, it was talking about Whoever names the name of the Lord should depart from iniquity. You know, and that in a large house, there are several vessels. Vessels unto honor and vessels unto dishonor. But the Bible now says, if a man purges himself from these things, it will be a vessel unto honor for the master's use. And I was reflecting, I was asking God, so God, how can I always be a vessel unto honor? How can I be a vessel that you set apart for your use? How can I, Lord, be consistently qualified to be your instrument in the labor of the kingdom in this, on this side of eternity? And this was what brought me again to this scripture in Exodus 33. It challenged me and I thought, let's share it together so that we can ask the Holy Spirit to help each and every one of us. Um, Exodus 33. We are going to read um, maybe somebody from the Salido. We call them Salido humans. <laughs> so somebody from the Salido family. Please, you will read for us. Exodus 33, 
Um, just to give a good context to what we are reading, read from verse 1 to verse 11. Exodus 33 from verse 1 to verse 11. Exodus 33, verse 1 to 11. The Lord said to Moses, Leave this place, you and the people you brought out of Egypt, and go to the land that I promised to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to their descendants. I will send an angel to guide you, and I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. You are going to a rich and fertile land, but I will not go with you myself, because you are a stubborn people and I might destroy you on the way. When the people heard this, they began to mourn and did not wear jewellery anymore. For the Lord had commanded Moses to say to them, You are a stubborn people. If I were to go with you even for a moment, I would completely destroy you. Now take off your jewellery and I'll decide what to do with you. So after they left Mount Sinai, the people of Israel no longer wore jewellery. Whenever the people of Israel set up camp, Moses would take the sacred tent and put it up some distance away from the camp. It was called the tent of the Lord's presence. And anyone who wanted to consult the Lord would go out, go out to it. Whenever Moses went out there, the people would stand at the door at their tents and watch Moses until he entered it. After Moses had gone in, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the tent at the door of the tent. And the Lord would speak to Moses from the cloud. As soon as the people saw the pillar of cloud at the door of the tent, they would bow down. The Lord would speak with Moses face to face, just as someone speaks with a friend. Then Moses would return to camp, but the young man who was his helper, Joshua, son of Nun, stayed in the tent. Um, please, which, which translation are you re- using? Good news. Good news, okay. I just noticed a few omissions there, but we will supplement it as we study together. Now, the reason why I thought we should read the whole scripture from verse 1, is to give us a context to what we are going to be discussing. Um, God told Moses and Joshua, uh, Moses and the people of Israel, to get up, to move in verse 1. He said, depart from here, you are the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt, to the land which are sold to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So God was asking them to move. And verse 2 made it clear to us, that God was going to send an angel to go with them. I thought this, you know, I thought it would stop there, but God explained. He said, I will not go up in your midst. Least I consume you on the way. The children of Israel were inconsistent. The Bible said they were stiff-necked. They were stubborn. God, the Lord will teach them a lesson now, and they will fall back on the lesson. So God said, I will not go up with you. Let me send the angel to go with you. And later on, you will see how Moses, in the, in the um, late, latter verses, Moses raised the issue with God and said, God, if you are not going with us, don't take us up from here. Moses was indirectly telling God, I know you said you will send angel. I am not happy with angel going with us. Lord, you yourself need to go with us. Wonderful. 
Do you see a man who works with God? Who relates with God? He was not satisfied with angel. Do you know if it was you, if it was me, we'll say, ah, no problem. Angel can come as long as he's angel from God. But Moses, who knew God, who related with God, said in verse 12, Sorry, is it verse 12? Um, in verse, verse 15. If you look at verse 15 of that chapter, 33, he said, then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. But God had already said, I'm sending angel with you. Moses said, excuse me, Lord. <laughs> I am not happy. I'm not satisfied with angel. But the angel was not an angel from the devil. It was the Lord sending the angel. God, Moses said, Lord, if you, you, you do not go with us. You know, I, I was so, I was so challenged by that. That Moses will not settle for anything less than God's presence. And does it not help us? It's just a challenge to me and you first. That we need to enlarge our hearts. We need to know that it is God, not the attributes of God, not the miracles of God, not the wonders of God that we should be interested in. We should be interested in who? The Lord himself. We are in a generation where people are carried away with the various activities and works and the things that come alongside God's God. But they have left God himself. They, they are happy with all the activities that are related with God. They talk about the wonders, the miracles. That is their interest. Once all those things are happening, once the activities are going on, they know, they, they are rested in their heart that, oh, God is with us. But Moses was not interested in fire. He was not interested in the cloud. He was not interested in angels. He was interested in God. He asked God for what he, Lord, if your presence does not go with us, do not carry us off from here. That was a man who walked with God. Now, how did Moses get to this point? Is what we want to study. Now, let's look at the main focus of the study. is going to be from verse 7 to verse 11. And I'm praying that God will equip our hearts, that we will be challenged by this, so that we too will will not demand anything else but the Lord himself. Now, look at it in verse 7. The Bible says, Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. Regine, what did your, your version call that tent? Regine, 
in verse 7. What did your translation call that text? Verse 7. Um, whenever the people of Israel set up camp, Moses would take the sacred tent and put it up some distance away from the camp. Uh, it was called the tent of the Lord's presence, and anyone who wanted to consult the Lord yes. would go out to it. So they called it the, the tent of the Lord's presence. My translation called it the tent of meeting, the tabernacle of meeting. You see, the, the tent of God's presence or the tabernacle of meeting. And you know, it's, it's so encouraging and challenging to me, first, that do you know when you go for a Christian program, you go to church, and we say, oh, we are going for the service, or we are going for the Sunday service meeting. Who are we going to meet, first of all? Is it people or the Lord? Are we interested in engaging God in his presence? When you sit down to read your Bible and pray, are you praying earnestly that I will meet with God or you want to tick box in your heart and say, oh, at least I've read the Bible today. Tick. So they called that tabernacle the tabernacle of meeting or the tent of his presence. It was a place to go and meet with God's presence. Now, look at it. The Bible said they located the tent far from the camp. I, I, my own reading into that is they needed to separate it from the camp so that there are no distractions. So that if you want to go and meet with God, you can meet with God without any distraction. Without any, um, any, any, any distraction that will stop you from concentrating and meeting with God. That was why it was sent, it was outside the camp. This should be our attitude as well when we want to spend time with God. Do it with your door shut. Your door, I mean, the not a part, not really a physical door, a door that has been that shuts you away from activities, from distractions, from things that will take your mind and your heart away from meeting with God. Now, look at it. The Bible said in verse 8, So it was, whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle, that all the people arose, and each man stood at his tent door, and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. Very interesting. Do you know, I was asking myself a question. Was it only Moses that was meant to go to this tabernacle? Can we discuss? Was it only Moses? Yeah, you know, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin has raised as <laughs> is signifying very clearly. No, it was not only Moses. Look at the reason. Look at verse 7. They said, Moses, Moses took his tent and pitched outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone, everyone, 
Do you see? Everyone who sought the Lord, everyone who wanted to meet with God, everyone who wanted to engage with God's presence, went to the tabernacle of meeting. So that tabernacle was not only for Moses. Everyone. Also, in the the Amplified Version, they also called the Tent of Meeting the Tent of Meeting of God with his own people. It's not with Moses, it's with his people. Thank you very much, Jethro. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wonderful. I like that. That explanation. The Tent of God's people. Of God's people, not of of Moses. (laughs) Unfortunately, if you read that scripture, the people in their head, they've made it the tent of Moses. It's meant to be the tent of God's people. The tent of God's people is for everyone. Oh, thank you, Kevin. Kevin has given us another insight. KJV says, the tabernacle of the congregation. <laughs> it's not Moses. Taba- he didn't call it tabernacle of Moses. The congregation, every member of the congregation of Israel was entitled to go to this tent of meeting, to meet with God. Excuse me, does that not encourage you? Does that not challenge you? That all of us have a right to go to this, to go and meet with God. All of us have a right to engage with God's presence. It's not just for a selected few. It's not just for somebody who is who has gone to Bible school. It's not just for somebody who calls himself reverend or bishop or archbishop. No, it is for all of us. And look at the glory in this, in this story. The Bible said, whenever Moses went into the tabernacle, the Bible said, all the people arose and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he went into the tabernacle. Eh? We'll talk about that shortly. But look at it. And it came to pass, when Moses entered the tabernacle, that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. You know, as I read this, is it not glorious that as you, as Moses went to meet with God, a cloud descended. Wonderful. A wonderful sight. But excuse me, I don't think God wanted this to be exclusively for Moses. God was doing this. You know, the Bible challenged me here as I read it. That this experience of the glory of God upon that tabernacle was not only meant for Moses. It wasn't just meant for Moses. Yes, please. When I when you read this a few weeks ago, a few months yes. ago, because we did cover it, yes, I thought uh, Joshua sort of like sneaked in the back door and shouldn't really have been there. <laughs> yes, you know he shouldn't really have been there because of well the way everyone else was behaving, I suppose. Yes, because um, they would only go to the door; they wouldn't go into the tabernacle. Yes. And um, and I did think it was quite funny that he was able to stay behind because that was the other point you made out last time as well. Yes. Yes. And um, and he thought that's and and 
equally, you know, when when he went up the mountain, they said, "Go up the mountain yourself. We don't we don't want to meet with God," which is what they said as well. Yes. Um, and he came back and he was glowing and what have you, and they couldn't look at his face. Yes. And again, I thought, well, how come how come Joshua hasn't got sort of burnt up? Yeah. You know, by being there illegally because he yes. wasn't there illegally. Which yes. is what you know, in fact, I will show you. We will look at it. There was a time God told Moses, "Come up." And be with me. And in that scripture, Moses was invited. Joshua was not part of the invitation. Was his name was not in the, on the invitation card? But excuse me, Joshua invited himself. He went up with Moses. What challenged me was that the elders were not allowed to go with Moses. Aaron was not meant to go, but Joshua, who was not on the invitation card, <laughs> sent by God. Joshua said, Lord, I am coming. Imagine Moses telling Joshua, but your name is not on the invitation card. Let God drive me away when I get there. I am coming. Look at it. You know, this scripture challenges me because we were talking about the people. Look at the response of the people. Anytime Moses went to the tabernacle, the people stood at their tent door. They stood Every man stood at his own tent door. Excuse me. Every man was not meant to stand at his tent door. Every man had the opportunity, had the chance to also go and meet with God in the tabernacle. The aim of God is not for you to remain at your tent door. Your worship of God should not be, should not remain, should not be secluded, should not be restricted to your tent door. The God also wants you to worship him in his presence. Not only at your convenience. You know, when you stand at your tent door, it, it looks like convenience. It looks like, oh, this is my patch. I don't want to walk all the way there. I want to serve God on my own terms. I need to worship God on my own terms. I can be watching Moses. I can be I can be watching others and uh, engage with God. I can be hearing those testimonies of God engaging with his people, but me yo, I will worship him at my tent door. No. And you know what God is challenging me on this story is Every time Moses went, the glory descended. And God is telling me, God is also telling you, every time you avail yourself to meet with me, I will come and meet with you. Every time Moses went, the Bible said, the pillar of cloud descended. Excuse me, you know, as I read it, why did the pillar of cloud descend? That's the question. The Bible said, when Moses entered the tabernacle, the pillar of God of, of the cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. Excuse me, why is, did the pillar of cloud come down first? As long as Moses was not in that tabernacle, the pillar of, of the cloud was not coming. Do you see? As the God was not going to meet with an empty tent. As long as Moses had not entered the tabernacle, the pillar of cloud, the pillar of God's glory was not coming down. 
And this was my challenge. The Holy Spirit was challenging my heart deeply. If you do not avail yourself to meet with me, you can't, you can't, I can't come down. If you do not engage with me, if you do not enter into that tabernacle to meet with me, how can I come down? I don't come down to meet with an empty tent. I don't come down to meet with an empty, with an, with a Bible, a book. I come down to meet with you. I can't come down to meet with empty activities. I came down to meet with you. I can't come down to just be engaged in ceremonial activities or religious activities. I came to meet with you. I came to meet with your heart. So for the children of Israel to stay at their tent and watch as another man engages with God, that is not God's calling upon our lives. God did not call me and you to watch others engage with God. God wants to engage with you. That's why you have to go and enter that tent of tabernacle. Yes. Um, George, yes. even though Moses um, is uh, the only one who went through to the tent, mm. and God was still pleased, so that means that God is not interested in numbers of people going in to worship him, but he's mm. interested um how focused and serious they are with their relationship with God. So probably even just one worshiper who will gonna go to his tabernacle, God will still be pleased. Mm. Yes. Thank you very much, Mika. God is not interested in numbers. So God was not saying, oh, it's a waste. How can my glory come down for only one man? God will do it. As long as you are there in his presence, God will come. The people of Israel stood at their tent door and worshipped. You see, if they stood and were doing other things, we would say, ah, they are doing the wrong thing, isn't it? But they have made it religion. The Bible said they worshipped. It's good, they worshipped. But... They were meant to progress further. Go deeper with God. Go and meet him in the tent of meeting. And let him um, and co cover you with his glory. So, the Bible said in verse 10, they stood. But in verse 10, all the people saw the cloud. You know, sorry, verse 9. Why did the cloud come down, please? The Bible said, and the Lord talked to Moses. The Lord communed with Moses. When you meet with God, God communes with you. It's not religious activity. It's not a, it's not a special feeling. God engages with your heart. He talks to you. The Bible says God talked with Moses. Wonderful. Yeah. Can you imagine how that conversation would go? As the glory came down, God said, Oh, Moses, how are you? Ah, Lord, thank you. I'm very fine. I really thank you for your own mercies. Can you imagine? And the Bible talked about Moses talking with God like a friend. Ah, and God will say, but God, how are you? And Moses will say, Moses, uh, God, what about you? How are you doing? <laughs> Can you imagine? Moses asking God, God, so how are you? I hope you are fine. And God will say, well, I'm okay. It's just that 
the people of Israel at times they misbehave. Then Moses will say, But God, just, just show mercy. Just show your just show them mercy. By the way, God, you said you were sending angel along to come with us. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm sending my one of my powerful angels. The great angel. Is, I'm sending him, he's going to come with you. Um, he's going to be the one. But most you say, ah, but God, excuse me. Wait, 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 wait first. Before you say, ah, but I, I'm not happy. Old angel coming along with us. Lord, I want you to come. But God says, ah, don't worry. The angel will go. The angel is powerful. There's fire in the eyes of the angel. Every demon will be sub, will, 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 will crumble before the angel. Most you say, but yes, Lord, I know the angel is powerful, but I want you, Lord, to come with us. I am not accepting angel, Lord. Is it not you? I, I'm talking to you. It's you I'm dealing with, not angel. Lord, it was you that, that saved us. Was it not you, Lord? So why should angel come along? I know you are sending the angel, Lord. I know you are doing it, but we want you to come. I want you to come. See conversation with God. Eh? When it comes to a point when a man is asking God, so God, how are you doing this morning? <laughs> is, it not, is it not a level of intimacy? Is it not a level of a cordial relationship with God? Lord, the Lord talked with Moses. And, the, and this, is, this is a challenge to you and me. That when we avail ourselves, the Lord will come and engage with us. He will come and talk with us. In verse 10, all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door and all the people rose and worshipped. You know, it would have been good if they went and rushed to the tabernacle and worshipped there. But they stood at their tent far away from God's presence. I don't know how much worshipping you can do far away from God's presence. When you worship God, you worship him not far away. You see the glory of God, you rush to it so that you can be encompassed in that glory. And verse 11 said, so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face. Wonderful. Do you see what happens when you engage with God in his tabernacle? Moses spoke, the Lord spoke face to face as a man speaks to his friend. <laughs> God was not speaking through Facebook. It was face to face. It wasn't through Twitter or Instagram or SMS messages. It wasn't through Telegram or, or, or uh, WhatsApp. It was face to face. Do you see how God is yearning for intimacy with you and me? If we can avail ourselves. God wants to talk face to face with you. That you will be so carried away with God's presence. That automatically God's glory will rub off on you. That was what happened with Moses. And you see, the more we do this consistently eh? God God's presence 
will be permitted, will be, will be permitting through and through our lives. And do you know, this was what I, that challenged me. I sensed deeply that Joshua saw this. Look at Joshua. And the Bible said, Moses returned to the camp. But Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart. He did not depart. Wonderful. Moses finished talking to God. And Moses said, Lord, thank you so much. I'm going. Zebora has prepared my dinner. I want to go and eat now. God, is that okay? And the Lord said, no problem. I will see you this time tomorrow. <laughs> and Moses gets up. And he tells Joshua, Joshua, I'm going. Are you not going? Joshua says, Please, Moses, leave me alone. Let me just be here. I too, I want to engage with God. Oh, Joshua, it's 9 p.m. You've not had your dinner yet. This is my dinner, Moses. Just leave me alone. And God will say, Moses, leave the young man. Let me rub off on him as well. No wonder when God was looking for somebody to take over from Moses, it was Joshua that was available. Because Joshua had been meeting with God. Joshua knew this tent of meeting is not only for Moses. It's for everybody. And he did not depart. What It was not Moses that told him, Joshua, stay. Eh? Or do you think it was Moses that said, Joshua, you must stay here? No. It would have even been okay for, for Moses to say, since Joshua... Is, I'm leaving. Joshua should also leave. But Joshua was not going by Moses. He was not going to dictate his work with God based on Moses' work with God. Do you see? Joshua wanted more. That tells me and you. Why don't you engage with God yourself? Young, uh, Our young people, please, I beg you by the message of God. Why don't you engage with God yourself? Don't say because mommy tells us to read our Bible, then I will read. You, go and meet with God yourself. Be like Joshua. Joshua stayed there. If your mom, your dad calls you and says, Regine, are you not going to have your, your breakfast this morning? And you decided to fast. And they've prepared full English breakfast. Eh? Regine, full English. You know what full English is? With well-made bacon. Eh? Lovely big beans. Succulent-looking um, hash browns. Eh? And Rounded sausages. You know what I mean? But you were reading your Bible in the morning. And as they were frying the sausages, it was coming up to your nose. But you were so engrossed in your Bible. You stayed there. Like Joshua. You did not depart from the tabernacle. 
Risa came and said, Reggie, there's breakfast waiting for you. You were not distracted with Risa. You concentrated. You stayed there like Joshua. Excuse me. Do you think God will leave you alone and say, yeah, yeah, uh, mommy has finished reading their Bible. Daddy has finished. All the others are finished. You, you are still here. Okay, me, I'm going. Will God do that? No. He's going to stay with you. Yes, please, Kevin. I mean, it looks like not only did Joshua stay behind afterwards, it looks like he was already there. Yes. Yeah? Because yeah, it, yeah. Doesn't, it doesn't mention him walking in. They could have just admitted that from the table. Exactly. I totally agree with you. He was there. <laughs> That's yeah, like, spending time there. But also in verse 12, mm. um, we believe that Moses left now, turned back into the camp. Yes. But, it, but verse 12 looks like Moses is continuing his conversation with God. Yeah. True. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree with you because you see, it shows me as well that our meeting with God, even if it's in a devotional place, it doesn't restrict your conversation with Him. You met with God this morning and He was challenging with Scripture. As you go to work, He can still be talking to you on that same Scripture. Your conversation with God is not restricted. Whatever the tabernacle, the, the experience at the tabernacle meeting is just an initiation of what God wants to do with your life. As we meet with God, you will notice the Holy Spirit's inspiration and Him communicating with you is not restricted to your time of reading the Bible alone. You can be driving. And the Holy Spirit is teaching you principles of the word of God. What God is interested in doing, he wants to make this our lifestyle. He wants to make this our way of life. That was why, if you notice, we did not see Joshua. If you go to the book of Joshua, there was no place I saw where the Bible said God spoke to Joshua in the tabernacle. You will just see the Bible said, and God said to Joshua. This communication with God did not start when Joshua was appointed. It had already started. Joshua just flow continued what he was doing. You see, that's why we're encouraging the young people. Do you know all the things we are teaching you and you engaging with God now? It's not going, as long as you continue, it's not going to stop. When you become 30, when you are 40 years old, Eh? When you start having white hair. Hmm? Children. Does anybody of does anyone of you have white hair? What? Regis, do you have white hair? Risa is pointing to you. You don't have white hair. All your hair is black and lovely now, isn't it? You need to keep walking with God because when white hair comes, you must not stop walking with God. When you start using a walking stick, eh? It's go- if Christ starts, it's going to come. Eh? You must continue walking with him. Do you understand? It is a lovely legacy and it is a deep experience with God. When you are walking with God from a young age, the Bible said Joshua was a young man. 
he was a young man. And he had already learnt the habit of staying behind. This issue of staying behind, oh, beloved brethren, is a blessing. I'm telling you. This matter of staying behind is a great blessing. That you are not satisfied. Do you remember who was the other young man that stayed behind that you know in the Bible? <laughs> yes? Abigail, answer the question. Who is the other young man? That's Jesus. Exactly. Jesus stayed behind. Anybody that stays behind, the Lord, the Lord's hand rests on that life. The matter of staying behind. In Jesus, Jesus did not was not satisfied with the eating and drinking. Jesus stayed behind, and he had great Bible study with those professors of the law, with those Pharisees, those priests, and they were all amazed. How were they amazed? Because Jesus stayed behind. <laughs> when you stay behind with the Lord, oh, there's a great blessing. It's not the blessing is not only for you, even your generation is blessed by it. Look at Joshua. Was Israel not blessed because they had a leader like Joshua? But he started as a young man who stayed behind. Eh? All those wars that Joshua led the army of Israel to fight, he started from here, staying behind God's presence. Staying behind. Please. Can this be a challenge to you and me? That you will learn to stay behind. You will not be so overwhelmed with activity. That if the Lord challenges you with the scripture tomorrow, Sunday service, you will stay behind in your heart. You will go and check and say, Lord, what you were saying in the Sunday service, please, can we continue that discussion? And you come with your, with your notes and you are... You are copiously writing what God is saying to your heart because you stayed behind. You came back to God and you kept engaging him. Service must have ended. Service, service must have ended. Everybody must have gone home. But you went back to stay behind with God. And the Holy Spirit was teaching you more things. Greater things. I noticed. And I will share this with you. When I stay behind, when I do this kind of thing, I get far more. I can go for a Bible study. I can go for a meeting. We can do Bible study in the house. Eh? Family Bible study. But most times I go back and say, Lord, what you were saying, I need more. And I go back and for the next few weeks, I am staying behind over those scriptures. We are look, I'm looking at it again for my own personal work with God. I pray that this will be your experience. Sorry, Kevin, you were. So on on that um, that basis of come early and stay late, right? <laughs> on that basis of come early and stay late. When we think about, well, when I think about the cloud before we talk about descending, it descended on the mountain, yeah. Mm. And it hung around the mountain as well quite often, and they could hear the voice from the mountain. But this actually talks about a pillar that descended, a pillar, and stood at the door of the tabernacle, basically blocking entrance okay. to the tabernacle, I would suggest. Yes. And so that when uh, when Moses came in, the door was shut, mm. really, from that point on until he came out again. I mean, it wasn't 
Uh, it wasn't. It was open before that because because um, Joshua went in, and uh, I just wondered if wonder what we might think about that. What we might think about that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's very significant in the sense that even God doesn't want you to be distracted. Mm -hmm. Even God doesn't want activities. You know, when the glory of God comes upon the tabernacle, this was God. And look at when it, like you primarily pointed out, a pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door. Meaning, I'm here, no distractions. I need Moses to be with me and concentrate with me. So should we close the door on the church <laughs> at that at the start time? Well, no. Actually, Brad, what yes. I can understand as well with that, with the pillar of cloud uh, by the door, is that while uh, there is, is still time, then we can go in. But because once it will be closed, even we want to go, you know, it's too late. Mm. Like, yes. uh, I remember um, at St. George's School, because they do Chapel George. Yes. And once it's exactly like, uh, what time normally? Like um, uh, 10 o'clock. Mm. Uh, even there are still students coming, George, mm. that they will close the door. Yes. Actually, some churches do it up to today. They shut the door once the service starts. It doesn't stop you from coming in. Eh? But that door is shut. It's not that it's locked. Remember? <laughs> it's not locked. It's shut. So that there will be a sense of let's not be distracted. You understand? So, for me, I'm not saying the door should be should be shut in that sense. What, I, what I'm seeing here is that God has come and he wants you and me to concentrate. You know, we are in a generation where when people come late, they are not ashamed. They just come and distract people. No! This is God we are dealing with. You know, I love it when somebody comes late and you see them bending down. They just bend down and go and sit down in one corner. They have a sense of awe. I don't want to distract what God is doing. My late coming should not be an issue. You understand? So I, I just sense that God wants us to take this further. This issue of staying behind, honestly, it has touched my heart. And I see the great blessings that come from it. The depth of communion with God that God wants to take you further. All because you went back again to check. You went back again to dig into God's word. You allowed the Holy Spirit. Yes. Uh, what also I can share with that, like uh, Joshua staying behind, it's like uh, he wants more and more and more from God. It seems like he's not satisfied with uh, his situation of God's blessing and uh, his... Um, uh, communion with God, but he wants more and more and more, like closer and closer mm. and closer to God. Mm. So that's why he didn't mind like staying behind until he will have a uh, full communion and communication with God. So, beloved brethren, can God help us to make this our lifestyle? Can we be drawn to doing this more and more? Because I know there's great blessings. There's great um, um, 
our work with God will be so enriched when we make this our lifestyle. We will not be occasional attenders or attendees before God's presence. It will be a consistent communion with God that carries on throughout our lives. I trust that the Holy Spirit will help us. We'll stop here. Come and join Pastor George's Bible Study at 8 p.m. 